All right, it says says we're up, but okay, yeah, we are up. Um, Tony, how you doing Good. today, brother? Well, I'm doing good. Spy's doing good. Spy's doing real um, good. That was crazy today. How uh, did you take any trades? I know we talked in the morning. You were you you hadn't taken any trades. Um, but were you un were you able to end up taking anything? Yeah. So um, uh, I took after I think the second green candle, and we'll we'll show you this later in the. Uh, in the episode we'll like get the chart rolling and stuff but i took puts that were zero dt right on the uh i don't remember if it was second or third candle um after jpow it was below 400 still i'm not sure but i took zero dt puts and then there was one very large red candle that followed and i sold them all on that red candle and then that red candle immediately got swiped up so it was almost like the perfect small play. And after that, I was basically like, fuck this. Like, there's no way I'm taking another trade. Um, after yeah. I just got that lucky uh, rolling through a trade that I probably should not have won. <laughs> because if you look at that spy afternoon chart, it was green, 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 green candles. You know, I uh, I caught crazy. the one red candle, I guess. So I was I was pushing my luck. And um, yeah. Called it good well, after you, that. From what point was it? One thirty on. Like, if you're looking at the five minute, it was. It literally didn't fall below the the five minute nine the entire day. Yeah. Just That's held crazy, that nine and ran bro. all day. Yeah. Okay. Here it is. I got the chart up. Um, I went short at I think it was like three nine eight two five. So three ninety eight twenty five, and then I ended up selling that at like three ninety six eighty ish um or 85 or something like almost like perfect trade and i got one percent on the day from one trade and i was like that's it you said you took a few spy trades today yeah but those were way early um what time were they did you avoid jpow then yeah see <clears throat> i planned on playing um around that today at 1 30 and then um, I ended up having to run some errands, so unfortunately I didn't get to play that, but, um, I had played, there was a rejection this morning off the five minute, two, well, there's a couple rejections this morning off the five minute 200, which was also in line with, um, a supply zone. Um, and I think I took those around like 940, between like 940 and 950. Um, and then I had taken a bounce out of that lower demand zone from um i believe the 29th um so oh, yesterday yeah. um and that was around today around like 10 20 ish and then um that was it um and i missed all that action at 130 unfortunately yeah i was I think I was, what time was that? So for me, it was, yeah, 1230. I was putting together a bed frame, and then I realized it was like five minutes until J-Pow spoke. So I ran to my desk, and, you know, first thing opens up and just fucking rips tits. Like, I mean, like, 
that thing yeah. was was a large candle off the bat it was you know it dipped right off the bat and then like you know seconds later just shot and then the next candle shot up and then we got that like b move you know usually we get that abc i was talking to my discord about it where it's the huge move the move against it and then the true move um you know the third one and we got that exact almost setup like i was telling my discord i was like if they do not keep this red um after that second small red candle i was like if they don't keep pushing this red then bulls are just going to win out and it's going to run all day and it that's exactly what happened the rest of the day it just ran i mean what did we open we jay pal started talking when spy was below 395 and we closed the day at 408 yeah the um balls to the wall the not the the issue i guess with with this is um with the rip today is so there we talked about this a couple of times there's this that upper trend line all the way back from uh the beginning of january and we've rejected off that upper trend line three or four times and we're right at that trend line again on the daily and the weekly um, we ended up closing today above those daily 200s. So, you know, if you are sure there's, you know, a good possibility we potentially break through that upper trend line tomorrow. Um, this is a trend line I've been watching for like weeks and weeks now, and we're finally right at it. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a decision time. We broke out of the flag um, that had started forming the 10th of November on the daily. So, um, yeah, it's big time, you know. dude. This trend line that we're facing, I mean, it's going to either send us to, uh, you know, the depths of hell, aka a new low, or it's going to, you know, possibly mark the beginning of uh, the end, or I mean, not, I don't know end of the bear market beginning of whatever's next like we could get a stagnant market for six months uh, we could get a bull market for six months but if this breaks this trend line then there's a good shot that we're not in a bear market for for too much longer um and for me the i posted a, an actual chart of it this this afternoon but i think if we clear 410 um and then come back down and you know find 410 as resistant or as support that would kind of be when my mindset flips um if we don't find 410 as support then i would kind of have a different mindset as in like oh this might be trappy like say we run to 415 tomorrow um i would feel real uncomfortable about being along until we come down to 410 and we bounce off of 410 again to the upside then I'd feel super comfortable being long, and that's probably when I'll look to uh, add a lot of long positions in my IRA, because I've been I've been kind of a stickler about keeping those um, that cash for a while. But I'll deploy it when I feel like the uh, the the bear market might be coming towards an end. And that would be a four ten confirmation above, in my opinion. Yeah, if you look at so if you look at the weekly two. Um... I'll just share my screen so we can. Yeah, if you if you share your well, you might not be able to see it. Um, if you look at the weekly, we're set up for a triple cross to the upside. Um, oh, are you talking with the nine twenty and two hundred? Yeah. Okay, I'll pull um, up. Uh, let me yank this one up. This one will have the 
the triple cross on it then. So here's the nine. Oh no, I gotta go to, sorry guys. I gotta get to scalp set up here. And then this weekly we'll have, we'll have what you're talking about. Yeah, right there. Yeah, so you guys can see that that, that cross is, um, is set up here. You did get an, the nine and 20 are basically stacked on top of each other. Mm -hmm. um, and a cross on something like the weekly can be pretty lucrative. The last time we had a cross was back in the end of March, and it was a cross to the downside, and Spy proceeded to drop 100 points almost. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, a cross to the upside, um, like you were saying, could signal that, you know, potentially that this bear market we've been in is coming to an end. Yeah, let me, uh, so here's my other, my other kind of uh, setup here. Here's the daily... This is the chart that I posted. I'll basically just redo it in front of in front of this here. Um, I don't like this being. Yeah, there we go. So then you can zoom in um, and you can see how this is like. There's been three perfect tops in this exact area um, on this trend line. And now we're literally right in that exact spot. Like, I mean, almost to the exact cent. Like we closed right on the black line that aligns with the top of this wick the top of this candle like it is to the exact scent uh is where we close and so i feel like tomorrow's open is probably going to be super um you know telling on how it's going to react to this because a lot of times people expect daily rejections to happen immediately like people will expect you know um to see the rejections on the five minutes sometimes the daily rejections take days and days and days uh, and we're going to talk about what J-Pow said and how we feel about the fundamental side of the market. But this rejection could take ne the whole like entirety of next week. Like we could bounce, we could pop up to 415 up here um, and then completely get rejected. And then the weekly could still have this downtrend intact. It's not to say, you know, it has to happen tomorrow. It has to happen Friday. It has to happen Monday. We have a little bit of time here. Um, but it does not look good for bears right now. If you just see this candle, like this candle looks like it's ready to, uh, to bust this trend line. I already busted the 200, which was pretty massive in the past. You can see here, the 200 was the top for, for that part. Um, and we're through the 200 right now. So there's a chance we, uh, we head into, uh, the bull town after this, this week or after next week, even. Yeah, it would, um, guess it would kind of also align with the end of the year um potentially heading into the new year um where this current market we've been in is coming to an end and maybe potentially starting the year off fresh so it's it's really going to all depend on those higher time frames like the weekly and the daily that we we're we're talking about right now you you have to pay attention um like you absolutely need to pay attention um because you know when you so something like if you're if you use the 50 um day moving average the weekly 50 day moving average is right above that upper trend line that's a significant level there's a good chance you see a rejection there at least yep. you know a short-term rejection or if we do get this triple cross there's a triple cross signifies a change in trend so and like we just said, a triple last time we got a triple cross with the 9, 20, and 30 on the weekly, we dropped 100 points. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that if we get a triple cross, we're going to 
run a hundred points and and move to five hundred. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but you just have to pay attention to these and and be aware of these and um, just always watch multiple time frames. Really. Yeah, I mean, if you go back and you check out the the history of this triple cross, like the last time, like you said, it happened, um, it dropped almost that 100 points. And then you can see it happened right here on uh, the, the COVID crash, um, which, I mean, obviously the COVID crash happened so quickly that they didn't drop much afterwards. Like, I think this candle closed at 269. And then, you know, it went to 228, so solid 20%. But after this triple cross happens back to the upside, which is kind of a situation we'd be in now, um, SPY, you know, closed at 300 bucks, and then we ran all the way to 480. So it's not to say we don't see something similar to, uh, you know, one of these where the, the market switch is indicated by that triple cross, and then it just rallies to new high. Um, I think... I think this is probably a good time to talk about the the swing the option swing that i have um in my account as we speak and so let me go to the daily for this so i bought this on monday i believe uh and what it is is it's kind of just a longer dated spy puts position um and i think right now might be the perfect time for anyone who's not in the trade because you know, obviously I'm in my Discord and I trade in there on a daily. And so people people saw that trade while I was in the Discord. Um, but if you're not in the trade, I'm down 30% or better. Like there's I have a couple different um, a couple different 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 expirations. Uh, they're both 375s or 370s are the the two um, strike prices I have, but the expiration I have is January 6th of 2023 and um, December 30th, I believe, but that doesn't matter. All I mean is, you know, a month out, two months out, spy puts, uh, your betting is really, really nice risk reward here. You're betting on a rejection on this trend line that has held strong for two straight rejections um, in a bear market where inflation is not decreasing as of right now. Uh, what I mean by that is, we're not ready to pivot on the uh, the rate rises yet. We need to, um, you know, completely stagnate the the inflationary rate rises before the pivot actually happens. Um, and we have not done that. That's not happened. We're still looking at we're looking at slowing the uh, the hikes, but we're not looking at completely pivoting yet. And even so, like after the pivot, historically. SPY has had a lot of downside. So right now, your possible bets are you can bet that SPY is going to break through this um, after SPY has already rallied from 350. So 350 to 410, you can bet that it breaks and rallies continue, or you can bet that this trend line holds and uh, you have a lot of room to the downside. And I felt like the right bet was you know, have a stop loss somewhere above this trend line and bet that this moves to the downside. And if this moves to the downside, um, we have a lot of time. I'm looking to hold until mid-December. Uh, I'm looking to hold, you know, maybe even towards December 20th, something like that. But all I'm looking for is a rejection on this trend line. If this confirms above 410, I'll be completely out. So if this breaks above 410 and then comes down and uses 410 as support, I will be completely out of this trade. But for now, I feel like uh, it's it's a decent opportunity to short the market in this position. 
Um, be ready for a fake out within a few days, you know, pop above 410. Um, and I think, you know, there's a chance if this, uh, if this triple cross is not fully, because we've seen it, you know, right here where the triple cross looked like it wanted to happen again. Um, and then it didn't and it flowed down. We saw it here too. It was almost about to happen. Uh, and then it broke down. And those are both the positions where that trend line was tapped. So it's lining up that we're in the spot that a possible rejection could happen. The risk is um, for you guys right now is so low. I took it on the wrong day. That's on me. That's on me. Um, but right now, for anyone watching, like the risk for you guys to get into this play is almost nothing. A, con a confirmation above 410, you'd be down 2%, 3%, 5%, something very small. You'd be down something very small on these, uh, these 370, 375 puts. Um, January 6th is a good expiration on them. But yeah, above 410, you can stop out. Um, that is, you know, pop above 410 and then a retest to 410, not just a break above. If it breaks above, that's that. But if it breaks above and then confirms by, by bouncing, then uh, I think you have the perfect risk-reward entry right now. The risk is that 410 level. The reward is new low on SPY in the month of December. Um, because the last touch we got, we saw a new low within, what is that, September 22nd, um, August 22nd, one month. Within one month, we saw new low on SPY. So technically, we could see new low by our, uh, our, our expiration dates, but I'm not really looking to hold that long. I'm just looking to hold until, you know, maybe a 375 touch, maybe a, you know, 380 touch even. Uh, that would put me pretty decently in the money. So that's my, my option swing. Tony, what do you feel about it? What are your, uh, your technical opinion on it? Because I like hearing opinions, even if, even if you don't agree. Um, I like we <clears throat> we talked a little before we hopped on. I like um your position for a couple reasons. One, like you touched on and we we've been talking about. Um I know it's repetitive, but just what we're seeing on the daily and weekly time frames. Um now I'll play devil's advocate advocate a little bit. Um like you were saying, if we do break that upper trend line um, and kind of confirm above that um, and start to and continue, you know, working our way up, I think that's probably when you'd look to exit that. Um, another thing to look for is if you do see that triple cross confirm um, and, you know, you, you touched on the fake outs that you'll sometimes have with those where they're right there. They look like they're about you're about to get across. Um, and then, you know, whatever happens, happens and, you know, the cross never confirms and you kind of work your way in the opposite direction. Um, we've seen, seen that a couple times where we do see fake outs. So I would look for that. Um, and I'd want to see where the weekly closes this week. Um, with that action today, you know, the daily and the weekly did not look good at all. Yeah. Um, it looked like we were rejecting near that upper trend line again, <clears throat> and we were going to continue lower. And then, obviously, we all know what happened today. Um, both of those charts flipped pretty aggressively, um, and now are all of a sudden pretty bullish if we do break above the that trend line that we keep touching on. Yeah. Um, but I do like I do the other reason I do like your position is because. I saw a lot of people loading puts today, um, and a day that's so aggressive like today is a day you want to be, 
you know, trying to play the opposite. So we always kind of talk about if you're looking to go long, you don't really want to go long on such an aggressive green candle. Um, Yep, exactly. the harder you run in either direction, the higher the you know, there's a higher probability that you, for instance, if you're like in a significant uptrend, the, the higher and higher you go, the probability of a reversal continues to increase and increase and increase. And that's the same if you're in a downtrend. The probability for a reversal continues to increase. Um, we've seen, you know, that... <clears throat> weekly candle from the 7th of November and all the way up until, you know, wherever this weekly candle closes um, this week, we've seen a pretty aggressive move off the low. Um, and I think now's the time if you are looking to potentially take spy short, you want to be trying to accumulate that on a move like this. So I know you said you just got in on the wrong day. Um, but I, I don't think it's a bad entry at all. Um, you couldn't have predicted that this was going to happen today. Yeah. And, um, even if you work your way up a little bit more and then reject off that weekly 50, that's sitting right at like 412. Um, that may be another area to look to add short. So, um, I do like, I do like your position a lot. And like he was saying, if anybody's interested in, you know, have, has been looking at taking spy short, um, you know, it's never, and this is obviously not financial advice, but um, you obviously want to be playing technically, but um, I don't think it's a bad, a bad area to do so. Yeah. I mean, all of this is, uh, you guys know, none of it's financial advice. We would never give financial advice. Um, <laughs> but I think something worth, um, you know, thinking about here is, is this is the monthly that I have pulled up. Uh, and you guys can see, uh, we always talk about buy on green candles if you're going short, and if you're going long, buy on red candles. Um, and if this is the true full-blown bear market that everyone is talking about, then this is a perfect example of a nice little two green candle sequence that you can go short on. Um, and before this massive green candle, we did have, let me draw this in here, we had this fat daily gap. Um from right about 388 all the way down to 380. So I was playing for that. And then I was also playing off of this double topping action that I can also draw in. Um, it wasn't a perfect double top, but at about 402.30 ish, um, there was a double top forming. So it was a double top on the daily and then a gap below on the daily. And it's all still intact. Uh, the double top is not, but this gap is also is, is still intact. So if we get a rejection, you know, this gap is still here. It could fill. Um, and also it's just such a low area of, of risk for entries. But the, the monthly is what I wanted to show you guys because we love to buy on these, these green candle opportunities. And it feels like this is a green candle opportunity if what Powell said ends up being true. And that's what we're going to move to next. Uh, Tony said he needed kind of a little bit of a summary of what Powell said so he could um, give us his thoughts on it. But basically, I have, uh, I have a, a small idea of what Powell said. He said, basically, in short, inflation is far from over, but we're seeing the action that we want to see from the rate hikes. So basically, he saw that the rate hikes were increasing. Sorry. The rate hikes were um working how they're supposed to work against uh, inflationary numbers and usually he did say uh, as well that 
when we rate when we raise these hikes um Sorry, when we raise these rates and uh, inflation starts to peak, that's just the beginning of the fight with inflation. So he was not being overly bullish, which people expected after seeing the spy uh, movement that we saw. They thought he said basically like inflation is over, inflation is over. Um, but what he really said was that we're fighting, it's starting to work, but um, starting to work is just the beginning. We need this to actually begin to top and actually begin to come to a point where we do not have to raise the rates any longer. Uh, a lot of the language he said was a bit bullish. He was saying stuff like, let's be optimistic, you know, early 2023, we could look be looking towards a, a Fed pivot. Um, December, we could be looking at slowing the rate hikes. Uh, so basically, that would mean, you know, a possibility of a 50 point rate hike instead of a 75 point rate hike. So he was saying some bullish stuff. But as we talked on the last episode, uh, we know that historically, pivots are not a great point to buy the market long. Pivots are actually a great point to buy the market short, uh, because most of the bear market action comes after the pivot. But what do you take of, of Powell saying that kind of stuff and just kind of being um, a bit overly i don't want to say he seemed like he was he was using bullish language but the stuff he was saying so like his his delivery was bullish but the words he said and the actual content was bearish if you get what i'm saying like he was saying like oh this looks yeah. nice but then throwing the hammer down of of basically it's not so nice with the facts i think and the market's been like this for a while. Like we see whenever these events happen, um, there's always a pretty strong reaction. And I think it's honestly more so based off of um, that FOMO where, you know, you'll see a reaction one way. So, for example, on FOMC days, you'll see a dip right at, you know, once FOMC um starts <clears throat> you'll see an immediate dip and then people see that and they're like oh shit you know this is a reaction to this event i don't want to miss this move so i'm going to go short and then you know you see the reversal and people get you know stopped out <clears throat> the market squeezes and you see the inverse oh well there we're starting to run i want, don't want to miss this move and then i go in and you know it's just a it's a snowball effect of people not really understanding the rhetoric of yeah. what's being said and instead of understanding like okay he said inflation's not over or nowhere near over um and like him just being vague and saying oh well the rate hikes are working how we expect or you know etc cetera, etc cetera. It really at this point doesn't matter if it's bullet like bullish bullish rhetoric or bearish rhetoric. It basically all comes down to what's the reaction in the market and what is you know everybody is seeing these immediate reactions to these events. Like you'll have the reaction is right when the event starts. Nothing's even said yet. Yeah. So like the event, <laughs> yeah. it's the event itself. You know what I mean? It's the event itself. You'll see the reaction right when these like fomc days you know you'll see a reaction immediately mm -hmm. before anything's even said so it's more so like you we, you have to know when these events are going on you have to know that okay there may not be a whole lot of logic behind 
a move in either direction, but you just have to understand it's the event itself that is creating the reaction. So I know I kind of went on a, you know, I rambled a little bit, but I don't think that like, just based off what you said, he's, he's clearly stating, you know, inflation's nowhere near over, um, which is not good, but we saw the reaction today just simply based off you know some of the other things some of the other material he said so yeah i think it, i really think it more so comes down to because the stock market has not made sense for three years mm -hmm. it just it comes down <laughs> to you know whatever the reaction is to these events whether it makes sense or not um you know and and that's kind of how you have to play these yeah, uh, for me, I feel like a big thing was he didn't sound overly bearish. Uh, he sounded super, super bearish in the past. You know, he said things like um, this could be a multi-year fight. And, you know, he said a lot of stuff in the past that that led to massive drops. And his comments today were more so like we're finding a turning point. We're we're seeing this work the way that it's supposed to work. It was him praising the Fed. It was him giving them a pat on the back. And um, investors, obviously, found that to be extremely helpful and extremely, um, you know, making them feel feel comfortable investing right now. Uh, because there's not been a lot of, a lot of comfortability investing um, over the past six months to a year. A lot of it has been, um, you know, people feeling uncomfortable, people taking their money out. But today kind of inspired a bit of um, trust in the market. And I think that that's, that's pretty big going forward if that can hold. If that, uh, that trust in Powell and you know the Fed and what they're doing with inflation can hold. Because um, we haven't seen it hold. We haven't seen it hold. And uh, he said some stuff that he thought was going to be bullish. We've had some meetings where you know it seemed like they thought that what they were going to say was going to push the market up. And then it didn't work out the next few days. So we're going to see throughout the next few days um, if this move is fraudulent, if uh, Powell's comments and the move that followed were fraudulent, or, you know, was his uh, his intention and was his, his wording correct? Like, is this possibly a turning point? Is this a corner for the market? Um, yeah, we're going to find out. I want to I wanna take a pause here for a second and uh, thank everyone for tuning in. Um, drop a like on the video um, if you guys are watching if you guys are you know ready to ask those questions in the chat drop a like here subscribe to the channel if you're not subscribed and then head over to the chat and and drop your question because we're about to start on a few of them there's already one in here Tony it says what differs between options and stock plays what parts of your strategy changes you can start off on that one and then I will uh, hop in after you um, the biggest thing for me when it comes to like common stock and playing options, honestly, is the risk associated with options compared to playing, um, you know, just common stock. So for a while I was strictly trading commons before I, I, I moved into options and I would like scalp momentum stuff early in the morning. Um, whether it was pre-market or, you know, right at the open or <clears throat> throughout the day. Um, the biggest thing I noticed is 
your strategy has to um you know be tweaked a little bit in terms of risk management so for example we all remember well most of us um remember you know when penny stocks were hot you could buy something for a dollar and 30 cents say um and you know <clears throat> you could buy that penny stock and right away implement a hard stop where okay maybe you you know see that 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 stock has really strong support at a dollar 25 you bought this at a dollar 30 you see it has really strong support at a dollar 25 a break below that and that's where you want to exit yeah. which is very minimal risk um and that kind of gives you a peace of mind like okay you know I'm buying this. It's very low risk. If it doesn't go my way, so be it. You know, I'm not going to take a major hit. My account's not going to get blown up, et cetera, et cetera. And then it comes to options where how many we've all been there where we take a position, we set a hard stop, it gets triggered, you know, and then 10 seconds later, the stock continues the way you thought. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's it's much different. Like you could in five seconds be down 10% playing options those you know volatile movements are really going to change the the price of your premium or your contracts so i think the biggest thing for me was realizing okay if i'm using a hard stop loss for options um i have to just live with the fact that i may get you know i may take a position i may scale some profit <clears throat> and in order to ensure i'm i win that trade i set a hard stop if it triggers but then continues to run in the direction I thought, so be it. I won the trade. Or there's going to be times where I take a trade and I still set a hard stop, but I just get, you know, wicked out. I get stopped out. I lose the trade, but it goes the direction I thought. And you have to, you have to realize that, you know, setting a hard stop is going to be your best friend, but it's also going to make you at times like want to give up because with options that are so volatile there's times you're going to get stopped out and you're just going to see something go in the direction you thought um and that's why i see that's why people playing options it's 10 times more riskier than playing common stock and that's why you see so many people will blow an account up or blow multiple accounts up playing options because one they don't set a hard stop they tell themselves they're going to use a mental stop and they don't listen they think oh you know i'm gonna i need this to reverse it never does and you know you know what happens or they set a hard stop and they're just taking bad entries getting stopped out blow their account up etc cetera, etc cetera. but I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, hard stops between common stock and options. Um, I think you need to implement them, but you have to also understand that how they differ with options. If that makes any sense. I hope that made sense. Yeah. No, you made good sense. Um, perfect sense, some might say. Um, for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of keep it simple to start and then I'll get a little bit more in depth after a second but just to start off the difference between stock and option trading for me is just the difficulty level and the experience level you should have to be able to transition from one to the other um, starting off with stock is is very very you know simple you buy a stock 
and it goes up or it goes down. Your job is to make the decision of, is this stock looking like it's going to go up or is it looking like it's going to go down? Um, and then you can, you know, possibly short, not recommended for beginners, but if you can determine stocks that are going to go up, then you have a moneymaker there. Here's the thing with options, though. You have a whole nother stratosphere thrown in. You have time decay, theta, IV thrown in there. You have everything under the planet thrown on top of just being able to figure out if this stock is bullish or bearish. Um, which, by the way, if you guys need some some stocks, throw some some tickers in the chat, and Tony and I will give you bullish or bearish. Or we used to do uh, bullish versus bullshit. We can we can give you guys some some uh, charts and stuff. I'll share my screen after I finish this. But to continue, options you have to know what the stock is going to do within a certain period of time. Um, because say you're a week off and you didn't buy enough time, say you bought into December 14th calls, um, and it waits an extra three days to move, you're fucked. You've just fucked yourself over. That's it. Um, say you, uh, you bought in on, you know, the difference between a January 20th calls and December 20th calls, you have that extra week that if it doesn't move in December, you know, say you get into December 2nd and it doesn't move, um, you have time on the January, you don't have time on December. So what do you need to weigh? Because one of them is way more expensive than the other one. And one of them is really cheap, but you're also at more at risk with one of them. And, you know, also then you have IV. If there's, if Powell's going to talk and you're in spy calls, IV is going to move. And then you have to determine what's going to get crushed the next morning. And then, you know, say you're in Apple calls and they have earnings. You don't know if you're going to get crushed. You don't know about anything. There's so many things that can happen while you're in options. And I think that just kind of kind of lays down the the wording of how difficult options trading is because there's so many added factors in um, that common stock doesn't have and that's why I always say beginners you know do the common stock um, just learn how to trade learn how to learn sentiment and then once you've mastered that then you can move on to options because they're a bit more lucrative but they're also a bit more risky they're, uh, they're also more likely to take your money than stocks. You know, stocks, I buy in at seven bucks. Um, it moves to six bucks. You know, I lost 15%, but that's not the end of the world. I buy in options and it moves from seven to six. Man, you just got absolutely fucked. You just lost, I don't know how much of your position, probably a good solid, you know, portion of it, if not all of it. So for me, that's the difference between options and stock. Um, is how, how you should treat it as a trader. I think it's, um, it's big time if you can master options. If you can't master options, that's fine too. Stick to common stock. It is what it is. It's not for everybody. It's a little bit riskier if you don't have that risk port. Uh, if you don't have that risk um, you know, available to you based on your mindset, based on your trading strategy, it is what it is. It'll happen. Um, yeah, so... Just just be ready to take stock instead of options if you need to for a period of time. Also, it looks like we got a second uh, a second a second question here. It says PCE data tomorrow. Curious of how a reaction to hotter than expected PCE would play out after such a rally on hopes of inflation peaking. Um, and just for everyone watching, PCE is personal consumption expenditures. 
which is pretty much measuring how the the products that we buy on a daily basis have changed. I believe it's month over month. Um, and also it'll it'll show this year compared to last year. So, you know, how much does our groceries cost compared to last month and compared to last year this month? That's basically what yeah, PC think, is measuring. I think last, I think September was 6.2%. Is that what it was? I think so. Let me Google it. PCE data last month. Because then that'll give us a good, or actually, I have a better idea. Let me run into my, uh, I have a bot that'll give me econ. And maybe if we're lucky, it'll spit out tomorrow's. It's thinking. Um. Okay, no, it did not. We're not lucky. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is forecasted to be 4.2. Last month was 7.3 for PCE prices. That's what I'm seeing. I don't know if that's if that's what it actually is. That's just what I'm seeing. But um, let me look. If it comes in hot, like say it comes in, like we talked last time. We talked about was it CPI last time and whether there was kind of like a a barrier in there. I think there could there could be a barrier in there for PCI as well. So if it's expected at four point two, like I saw, then um, coming in at four point four would probably be the cutoff for it to do bad things to the market. <laughs> like say it comes in at you know four point four or four point five, we're probably likely to see some some crazy shit to the downside. Um, if it comes in at like four point one, then it's likely you might not see as much as much uh, bearish movement. Comes in at like four point four point oh four point two, you know all that kind of stuff. Um, just within that, it has a little barrier on each side. That's what I want you guys to remember. And if it doesn't um, adhere to that barrier, like say it breaks that barrier and you see either really good or really bad, that's what's going to create the market move. If it comes in somewhere around expected, um, then it's possible we see a bullish move. It's unlikely we see a bearish move. So think of it that way. If it comes in where we uh, we expect, then probably a bullish move. If it comes in, you know, extremely bad, than bearish. So I would say there's more of a chance we see bullish move on that than bearish. What do you think, Tony? Yeah, I agree with what you said. Um, essentially, it comes down to expected versus, you know, what what what's the actual number? Um, but if it's like some <clears throat> out of the you know ordinary number, that could create um, pretty significant reaction. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I feel like it's pretty much just. It's just if it's a big a big uh, you know offset what they expect like if it's different than what they expect then it'll create a move if it's not what if it's not much different than what they expect then you'll just see the market not react a whole lot. We have um, it says Meta is a is a chart that someone wants so I'll share my screen. Um, and Tony, do you have any opinions on uh, on the Meta chart? I'm gonna pull up the daily. Let me pull that up. Okay, let me remove my drawings. This is the daily that I've got here. Wow, yeah, it has quite the uh, quite the the look here. It yeah, the gap down and then push up. It's almost filled that gap entirely. Um, it's sitting right below the daily fifty. Yeah. Um, my daily fifty is currently sitting at one twenty sixty. So. Yep. Um. I would watch that level, but like I said, it's almost filled that gap entirely. Um, 
it does look pretty good. You also have a potential daily triple cross. Um, the weekly, you are sitting right below the weekly 9 EMA, um, which is a pretty significant level as well. So I would definitely pay attention to the weekly and the daily in terms of those moving averages. <clears throat> yeah. I see, uh, I kind of see this bottleneck action on the, the Bollinger Bands here. Um, and it's, yeah, it's almost fully through this gap. So I would say probably for me, this has a decent still, you know, a little bit of upside. Uh, obviously there's this, this 50 MA, like we were talking about, which is sitting for me at the same spot as you. It's like, um, what is that? 120.61 for me. So pretty similar to you, but there's still little room into this gap. You know, it says, it says about 129 is uh, the end of the gap and we're at about 118 10 ish is what it closed at so there's a bit of room on this gap but i still think this is bullish i talked also fundamentally about this stock um in one of my buy and hold videos if you guys watch those and i actually like this via the the metaverse and via the oh, i saw you know they came out with some sports where they they went to the sports um event and they had you know, the metaverse camera set up so that it looked like you were ringside this MMA event. Super cool stuff. Um, if you guys haven't seen that, go check it out. There's there's tons of articles. All you got to Google is like meta MMA event. And you can see like there's videos of people who actually went there. Um, and you can check out what it looked like. So you guys can determine if it looks like garbage to you or if you think it looks like something that's promising. But Technically here, this looks this looks pretty solid, you know. At the minimum, it's got room to about 123.50 because that was a previous low. Um, but yeah, going forward, this looks all right. Like I don't I don't mind this to the bullish bullish side at all. Obviously, they had that bad earnings, which caused the gap. We're looking to fill the gap um, above the gap. It's gonna have a, a bit of a consolidation period, I'd expect, between about 122 and 1. 40-ish, something like that, around 140-ish. I'd expect it to consolidate and have a bit more trouble there before moving into the lower volume period above 140, which is all the way to 155-ish. So yeah. there's some levels here you guys can you guys could play this off of if you're looking to be long. You know, you could you could play it until this 130-ish level and then sell and then wait for it to consolidate back down and then and you could play it that way, or you could just you know hold long term if you're feeling like it. Um, but looks bullish to me for now. Um, we got Wisa W I S A. I will pull up the daily. They said, any thoughts on the Wisa volume today? So I'm assuming this is kind of a small cap gapper here. Holy crap! That is, that's a chart. You're gonna have to look at this one, Tony. Oh what my is goodness! W I S A Wisa. W I S A. That volume is, Jesus! Oh my gosh! I'm gonna look up the news for this, um, because there's definitely some sort of news. Oh, okay, yeah. They just they dropped an offering today, seven point six public offering, seven point six mil. That is public. What do offering. I think about that? Stay away. I agree, man. I 100 percent touch agree. that thing. Usually I after don't know these, what it is, but yeah. I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to be trying to be rude but yeah don't <laughs> i don't you know that's that that chart looks like that for a reason yeah i'm just checking it out here and i mean personally but the volume today is what the volume was 135 million 
Yeah, and then... Yeah, there's been nothing like that. I mean, 12 million was the other top. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah that's the highest it's had since 2020. So yeah, two-year volume high. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I'd just assume... Let's actually, let's go do something quick. Let's go look at uh, Wisa's finviz real quick so i can just check out i i would be willing to bet margins are garbage on this let's look yeah yeah that's this is what i'm yeah i mean who asked about this real quick uh it was kevin so kevin if you're feeling like maybe you want to scalp this then that's definitely a possible a possible opportunity to scalp this but if you're looking to swing this um it's i can't recommend it because income is minus 16 million when their sales is 4 million they're nowhere close to breaking even or thinking about going positive um so for me is this a twitter stock it must be it must be one of them uh highly highly talked about stocks on twitter um stay away unless you're just looking to scalp it that's my it's my two cents on wisa oh someone mickey says uh heard zach morris talking about it this morning are you surprised, Tony? I heard Zach Morris talking about Wisa this morning. Wisa. Um, can anybody tell me what this even is? Um, um and am I surprised? Semiconductors. That's what it is. Did he, did he say he was uh, swinging this or something? I don't know. Let's find out because Zach Morris swings um, are usually big movers one way or the other. We found that one out. Um. Zach Morris. Let's just let's just see what he said about it. Mr. Zach Morris Wisa. Because he's had some big hits and then some some not big hits at the same exact time. So gotta respect that for the guy. I can't find his for some reason his uh his Twitter account won't come up for me. Oh there it is. Is he still active on Twitter? Yeah. Oh, we gotta talk about that. Tony, are you thinking about coming back to Twitter? You said maybe. Um, Tell I the people thinking, what they want to hear, Tony. I am thinking about coming back to Twitter. Um, whether it's on my main account now or maybe I make another account. Yeah. Um, that I keep private. I don't know. I've thought. Of, I, I've thought about it, and I. Um, you know, I do miss putting out that the educational material through Twitter. So. Um, I just hate all the other bullshit that comes with Twitter, um, but I am considering it. Yeah. Well, so uh... you're not lonely. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I have to get into these Twitter fights all by my lonesome now. I don't have anyone to back me up. Did you know that I got into a Twitter fight yesterday? Yeah, I saw what you, uh, <laughs> I saw that whole. Let's share the screen. Let's share the screen and let's just look at this glorious chart. Apple. It was the weekly or it was the monthly. Look at this glorious head and shoulders right here, Tony. Look at this. Absolutely glorious. What time frame was it on? The monthly. The Apple monthly, bro. Oh, I accidentally just drew a whole bunch of stuff on here. But here's the here's the uh, the chart that that was uh, being spoken about as a head and shoulders, and me as a uh, you know not an overly technical guy, 
But as a guy who knows at least what a head and shoulders is, decided to roll out and just be like, hey, bro, I don't know if that's a head and shoulders because first off, the second shoulder doesn't even go lower than the top of the first shoulder. And it kind of looks like it's just in an uptrend, my guy. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, then I got told to go cry, nerd. Uh, and I got Saw that. whatever floats your boat, nerd, or something. I don't know, whatever floats your boat. And glad I gave my attention to a loser today. I just got fucking bombed at for no reason. But look at this thing. I was, I mean, I think I even texted you. I think I texted you and said I was having nightmares about this while trying to go to sleep tonight, last night, because... Look at this fucking thing. It's literally like the Babadook is walking towards me with his shoulder down, trying to pull out his gun and gang shoot me. This is not a fucking head and shoulders. If anyone's watching this and you think this is a head and shoulders, uh, respectfully, just know that this is not a head and shoulders. I know that you guys are not going to tell me to cry, nerd, so uh, I can be respectful back to you guys. It's not a head yeah, and the shoulders. Whole thing with, the whole thing with head and shoulders patterns is the the shoulders are supposed to be almost symmetrical yeah um, and here's the thing bro this just looks like a zone flippage like doesn't this just look like resistance flipping into support here yeah i don't <laughs> i i don't oh, I understand um i don't understand that at all is what so, it is, though. I mean, I don't want to talk too much about it. I'm gonna, if I keep talking like this, I'm gonna convince you not to come back to Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, gotta keep. We want don't. Oh, we need to do our uh, our Christmas gift thing. Our, oh our fun yeah. Section here. Um, I don't know if anybody in here has ever watched uh, or listened to. I should say it's called Bussin' with the Boys. It's a podcast. It's with two uh, two NFL players. Um, Taylor Lewan and Will Compton, their names are. I don't know. They always have guests, so I don't. Somebody's probably heard of it, um, but they always do something called tier tier talk, where every episode they they pick a different topic. And um, for instance, the last one they did was they rated like the best Thanksgiving sides, and oh. they'll go from like three to one, oh, um, what they think is the best, and then they kind of just talk about it. So. Um, Teddy and I thought it'd be kind of fun to to mix something in like that, and I think this first this first one we're gonna do is Christmas gifts in terms of like what like your favorite gifts are to receive. I think, right? Yes, sir. So, do you want me to go first, or you want to go first? <laughs> so let me get this straight. We talked about this before. We do an honorable mention to start, yeah, and then throw we an do honorable mention in three. And then we do two, and then we do our best and overall ones you're gift. Like, like ones you're like, what your favorite thing to get is for Christmas. Okay, all right. Yeah, you go first. Um, I have most of them mapped out, but I don't have all of them. So you go first, and then I'll throw mine in after you. Okay, and then after, so like after I, I give mine, we'll discuss it and then after you give yours we'll discuss yours okay. so all right my my honorable mention for christmas gifts is is actually the stocking so i don't know if like some families don't do the stockings that's fire but but my mom always did a, a stocking and um i always liked like she'd put just random stuff in it that i liked like candy or um 
you know, maybe like a gift card or something. So I think the stocking's super underrated. That's my honorable mention. My number three, now this is going to sound extremely lame, but like as you get as you get older, like the things you like to receive completely change. So like right now for me, like anything to do like so like furniture or like anything for the house is Okay, you all know right. that's like stuff i mean i like that kind of stuff so My wife would agree um with you there. yeah so that would be my number three like i said it sounds lame but It's that's not just lame, something because, for me like, that's that's where you live, and you, like, want that shit to be nice, and you want to, like, yeah you know, have new stuff, so I can respect that, too. yeah my number two is anything cooking related so like last year my mom got me a dutch oven and everybody knows i like to cook so um Mm. Yeah. that's my number two and number one is it has to be clothing Clothing. so like specifically like any like i love carhartt stuff Yeah, dude, we were just talking about that. Carhartt is the fucking bomb. <laughs> yeah Last, um like, ten years. so that's my list like i said if i was 12 years old it would have been xbox xbox Nerf gun. <laughs> Dude, I don't know if anyone's iTunes our gift age, card. but fucking the Vulcan. I wanted that so many years in a row, the Vulcan Nerf gun. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Maybe that should be my honorable mention, the Vulcan Nerf gun. <laughs> All right. Dude, I think your list is pretty solid. That's what I would have expected out of you, though. Like, I would have expected Yeah. something cooking, something clothes. Um, I wouldn't have expected the like the furniture stuff, but I would have definitely expected something something cooking and something clothing. Yeah, what they do too is like everyone will go around and give their their list and then you you can only give a one word like response of what you think. So like for example, if you give your list right now and I think it's dumb, I'd be like lame or something Oh, like that. your list? Okay, one word to So describe you'd have to your list. one word. Expected. That's a good one. That's exactly what I would have expected. Well, that's more than one word. I just need to shut up and say my list now. Um, honorable mention on my list is <laughs> underwear, dude. I genuinely enjoy to receive underwear. that was almost on mine Like, my dad a few years ago got me... Uh, What's the Duluth trading underwear? Oh my gosh, man. Like it genuinely feels like I'm not wearing underwear all the time now. mm -hmm. And so like that is big time on my list. Like it would be different if like someone bought me tidy whiteies. Like I would just like not be interested. I'd be like, that's that does not deserve the honorable mention spot. But Yeah. like a solid underwear that like is like not the cheapest thing people can find. Fucking honorable mention. I'll take it any time. Um I know my number one. I'm debating between my two and three being switched back and forth. Hmm. All right. All right. All right. Three, I really like to receive books. I think books, because it's like, it's like somebody like gave you something that you can spend time doing. And I feel like, I think that's fucking cool. Like It's thoughtful, I can, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like my mom and, and usually my dad would always buy me a book, but it would be like, their book for me like it would be like a different book because they were like different people like my dad would buy me something that was like you know like he's like super into like educational books so it would be like something that was basically like 
um, like learning about yourself or like making you question stuff in life and just like be thinking. And then my mom would buy me like, you know, like a, a fiction book that was like about wizards fucking traveling dimensions and shit, just fun stuff, you know? So I like yeah. books. Um, <sighs> my number two is money. Dude, I think money's a great gift. Um, it's not thoughtful at all, but it lets me get whatever I want. Like, I can go and buy literally anything with whatever. If you want to give me, you know, because my grandma will always send me, like, 20 bucks. And, like, I just always find that super nice because grandma just bought me and my wife coffee this weekend. Yeah. Coffee and breakfast this weekend. Like, I find that super cool. Um, and then my number one, I think the best gift I could ever receive and I have received it, and I think I'm going to receive it again in the future, is tailor-made, like, recipe books. Like, family... I think I even just said this today. Like, I learned... I got my uh, my wife, since I recently got married, her family gave me the recipe to their Italian sauce or whatever. But my family has a recipe book of, um, like, stuff just like sugar cookies, like, stuff that we've made for years and years together. And like, I know how to make all that stuff, but I don't have the physical book. And I think like, I'm going to get the physical book in the future. Um, But I've gotten like in the past, I've gotten like my grandma gave me a a book of all of her recipes, like handwritten, like stuff she would just make for me when I came over as a kid. And that was number one best thing because I, I love to cook shit. Like I love to just make stuff, and I also love the to make stuff that's been like in the family. So that's my number one. Yeah, and I think I think that one's my favorite that I've ever received. Yeah, those are. Oh, my one word. Yeah, um, what's your one word? My one word would be probably mature. Like mature. Very, it's, that's that's very like adult stuff. That's yeah. like. Like, I know both of ours were, like, very, you know, that's just kind of stuff adults like. If a 16-year-old was watching, they would be disappointed uh, in us. They're probably like, that's the worst. Yeah, you guys are fucking <laughs> Why lame. Why would you want underwear? <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. Like, There's nothing better than new, like, new socks or new underwear. Dude, for real. Like, honestly, I love myself. Like, if my parents buy me, like, a nice new pair of socks, like... There's these socks that my mom has been getting me for probably like 10 years. They're like just these straight up all white polo socks. And like I'll just go hard for those. And then she also bought me like some all white Wrangler socks. Not Wrangler. What am I thinking? Um, There's a different one. It's uh, it's another jean company. Like a Levi's? really famous. Levi's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Levi's. They're like all white Levi socks. And my mom bought me both of those. And she just buys them like every couple of years I get a new pack. And every time I yeah. get them... I genuinely am like, yes. And like everyone thinks I'm faking the reaction. I'm like, no, dude, this is just fucking awesome. Like new socks. I love new socks. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff I like. Yeah, I can't go wrong with new socks. Also, um, you have your Tony special sauce, right? Yeah. If we ever uh, hang out, you know, in person, we might have to make our sauces. I don't have a sauce yet. Oh, a sauce? I have my my wife's family sauce, and so I'll bring... Their family sauce. Not a sauce off. An appreciation of each other's sauces. <laughs> we can just call an it appreciation. A, a sauce party. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, my um Yeah, my sauce is uh a little different than 
like a typical um like a typical italian sauce like some of the stuff i put in it is like way different than What's an example? You don't have to you don't have to drop the entire the entire recipe. What's an example? an example would be the fact that i put like um vinegar in it oh white vinegar so, yeah okay and a that little bit of apple cider vinegar okay um it just it you know it adds a little you know something to it a little um, little spicy little, little tang yeah, yeah. Man, that's I didn't expect to hear that out of you. What yeah. the only thing that I didn't know about? So I've made sauces in the past, and they've all been like just extremely mid. Um, and then last time I was, we were over there making pasta for Thanksgiving, and I finally had the guts to be like, "Can I have your sauce recipe?" And so I got the sauce recipe, and like a lot of just like normal stuff. But a big thing is is like they put like um, a pork chop in it. And let it like cook the entire like day or two days or whatever it simmers for like inside of the sauce and just let it sit there and just basically break down into nothing over however yeah. long it is. Um, yeah, my mom will put like uh, she'll like cook sausage, throw it in, cook if she's putting like ground beef, cook it in and then she'll throw the the grease from both in and that obviously adds flavor. Oh, big time, dude. Absolutely big time. I think a big part of it is is the herbs, too. I love a whole bunch of herbs, like a big old, big old yeah, splash I throw like of whole herbs. bay leaves in mine. And... Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right, we got a few more questions here. Um, and then we can we can talk about what we wanted to uh, kind of announce to the the people who like to watch the podcast and just people who want to learn stuff. Um, because we got something cool for you guys towards the end here, but we got a few more questions first. Um, so someone said, "Oh, someone wants an AMTX chart," um, and then someone asked about micro micro caps. So we'll start with AMTX here. Um, uh, this breaks my heart. <laughs> what are you feeling? Um. <clears throat> Unfortunately, it just doesn't look great. Yeah. Um, as do most pennies. Um, you do have a nice candle here on the daily with pretty good amount of volume. Um, but again, it's just completely dependent on the overall market conditions. So if we are... <clears throat> you know making our way out of the spare market um you're gonna see stuff like this run um you're gonna see pennies get hot again so again it's just completely dependent really on what spy does yeah um, i agree yeah. i agree 100 i think um there's nothing bullish about this chart except for that last green candle um and with that said it's still below the 20 the 50 and the 200 which is uh you know not a good look it's not at new lows um i think low of year oh wait is that this year yeah yeah. so low of year would be um 450 448 something like that one of those two um would be the low of the the last 52 weeks 
and if it breaks that, um, there's a lot of room to the downside, but for now, this candle's nice, but I don't think it's enough to switch the sentiment of uh, it being a bearish-looking chart into bullish for me, because there's also this, this pretty massive trend line to the upside. I should probably move this down a little bit. So there's this daily trend line here that it is not even really um, very close to. It needs to pop all the way to 640 to touch that. Uh, and right now it's at 551. So it would need, you know, almost a 20% a move for it to touch that trend line. So for now, this thing is pretty bearish. Uh, moving forward, though, I mean, there's a chance this is a reversal because of the volume on it. But for now, kind of bearish. Um, so I'll agree with I'll agree with Tony there. Okay, someone said, "Do you think penny microcaps might have a run?" Incredible Bob was tweeting something in that respect. So, what do you think of the? Let's just go to Finviz here. Um, let's go to screeners and let's go to market cap. Let's go to micro. So under three million. And then we'll go to price under a dollar. There's oh my gosh, there's 500 of them. I didn't yeah. think. Oh my gosh, I did not think that there was that many of them under a dollar. Holy shit! Then you just, okay. So let's just switch mark microcap here. Oh my gosh, it's Wisa. Wisa is the smallest company. Wisa. It's that one we just looked at. Is the smallest market cap in the market. That's funny. Um, do you think that names like this, Tony, so like these uh, these sub-5 million market caps have a chance of having a, a run here? Because, I mean, I look at the charts and, um, you know, some of them are lining up as in bottoming action. But you got to wonder how much of that is just spy consolidating here. And so these little baby companies are um, consolidating alongside them. What do you think? Yeah, like I, like we were just saying, I think it just completely dependent on the overall market. So I think it's pretty dependent on like SPY, IWMQs, um, whatever they do. Obviously, I think the 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 market will follow um, in terms of everything. Basically, there's everything's been so beaten down. Um, that's really what it's going to take a, a reversal on SPY. Um, so. Yeah, I do. I, I do, but I, I think it's pretty dependent on SPY. I agree. I think, it's, I think it's possible. I mean, a lot of these charts are so beaten down. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think uh, something big here to note is if we go look at the IWM daily, which I'm about to pull up here. Uh, the IWM daily, I mean, looks pretty similar to uh, to SPY as in, you know, downtrend um, and, you know, having a bit of a push here. But I think one thing to note is a lot of these companies, like they're just garbage, garbage companies. There's no other way of saying it is they're just bad companies. Um, we needed a reset. There's 500 of them under, almost 600, honestly, 586 under $1. There was a time where zero of these companies were under $1. Um, all of them were over a dollar, which is pretty crazy to think about. But I think... Um, Something we can really, really note here is a lot of these companies look like they still, you know, let's just, you know, run through five of them. CETX, almost at all-time low. AREB, you know, almost at all-time low. EGH, at all-time low. EDBL, like, one day off from all-time low. HCGM, at all-time low. Grom, 
almost you know pushing down to all-time low like these are just very very close to just making new lows and so i don't know if it's really i wouldn't feel comfortable calling a uh, a sector push here but there's a chance incredible bob knows what he's talking about but um yeah it's uh it's unlikely in my opinion but that's what that's what i gotta say on that one um one last so you know drop a like here for us uh we're about to you know talk about something that we've been very very excited about for a little while here um tony and i have had a few conversations and we're looking to possibly you know start a website and get into making a complete lesson plan that is trading 101 we don't know what we're going to call it yet we've been thinking of some names like you know trading university trading 101 that kind of stuff. Um, but really what we want to do is we want to look towards a um, educational standpoint, creating videos and creating lesson plans that can start from day one of being being a trader. You know, what to expect would be day one, like what to expect from this, uh, what to think of, like, you know, what is what is the market? What is blah, blah, blah. And we want to move all the way through and have basically a grade one, grade two, grade three, grade four, moving all the way to a place where you could be considered an experienced and successful trader. Tony, I want to give you a chance to just say whatever you want to say about it. Yeah. Um, so I know Ted and I talked a little bit a couple of days ago, and um, it's something I've wanted to do for a while where, you know, whether it's a Discord or it's a Discord and a website or it's a website or it's a YouTube channel, whatever or maybe it's all three where, um, you know, maybe a couple times a week we do um, some live seminars where maybe each month it's a different topic or every Monday it's a different topic and every, you know, in a series, maybe four part series. So, for example, say we start with like something like supply and demand um, four Mondays out of the month, it would be all supply and demand and maybe Wednesdays it would be something different um and then we do some written stuff on weekends and just completely education based I think we want to create something where a centralized kind of environment where we can create um material and it'll always be there for people and the problem so we've done uh very large amount of educational material already yeah um i know i was checking i've done over 300 some lessons whether they're written or video um and sometimes they're kind of all over the place and we kind of really want to make it very organized and it again we want it to be strictly like education based and um one of the issues we see with discords is you know, everybody has a different level uh, in terms of market knowledge. So I may put something out this weekend in terms of supply and demand where there's a majority of people that already know that. So they see that and they're like, oh, well, that's kind of useless for me. Um, or I put something out, you know, and most people don't aren't familiar with it. And that's very beneficial to people. So we want to kind of be able to cover multiple topics and like like we like i said make a centralized place of for education and um 
you know, we always thought like, why, <laughs> why do we have separate discords? Um, but that's kind of just how it worked out in terms of, you know, what we were doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we nothing's finalized. We're still kind of working through and going to work through what exactly we're going to do. But I know we have been in talks about that kind of stuff. So, Yeah. Um I mean just just kind of to lay it out for you guys it's kind of like we're The decisions that are being made are, do we want it to be a Discord? Do we want to combine our Discords? Do we want a new Discord? Um, do we want a website? But what it's going to be is it's going to be a very, very, um, you know, structure-based class for anyone who's interested in becoming a trader to go through. Um, we're going to have live classes every week. Uh, there's going to be a syllabus to go through it. And there's also going to be like little... Um, we want to test people. We want to give you guys an opportunity to like prove to yourselves that you know things. Like say we talk about supply and demand, um, you know, for a month, you know, after the second, you know, halfway through, we might drop, you know, like some Google Doc that has, we, we don't know the structure yet, but some Google Doc possibly that has um, a testing, um, you know, tool on it that says, you know, here's here's a supply. What do you think is happening as we speak? Um, here's a demand a demand level. What do you think is happening as as this chart is progressing? Uh, what do you think is a likely outcome? Just that kind of stuff, you know. Is this bullish? Is this bearish based on what you're seeing from the, the lessons we've given out? Um, and it's going to go in a very, very, you know, step one, step two, step three. So I think it's, it's probably going to be very beneficial for people who, you know, want to jump into learning, but they're, you know, they don't need to hear about, um, you know, how to decide if you want to be on Weeble, Robinhood, you know, they don't need to hear that stuff. They can skip ahead. You know, we're going to talk about some very, very beginner stuff. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, what is an, you know, what is an order? What is some language that you need to know? WW means worth watching, you know, calls mean you're bullish, puts mean you're bearish. We're going to talk about that, some of that stuff, but uh, eventually there's going to be a place where you can click I'm at step three and I need to move on from step three. And then also there'll be the seminars. The seminars will be recorded and they'll be posted Um, Tony and I both love education a ton. And so I think it'll be a really good place for people who are, you know, already at a decent place to progress their trading and also people who are at, you know, step one to progress their trading. Um, I'm excited. I'm very excited. I think there's a possibility for us to, uh, you know, have a website that would have centralized like you know an, an option that would be do you want to become a better swing trader do you want to become a better scalper do you want to become a better options trader you can choose one and then you can uh, you know look at the lessons that tony and i have for scalping swing trading options trading um, and look at it in a very very organized fashion rather than you know my discord i have a channel called Tedication, which is literally just random shit that i put out every single week And so for two years, there's been just a new lesson a couple times a week, and um, it's become very disorganized. So if we just have this place where it can be step one through 20 of becoming a successful scalper, step one through 20 of becoming a successful swing trader, um, you guys will be able to you know, have access to that. And then also, on top of that, have current market seminars of, you know, Uh, a possible like this is what happened in the market this week this is what you need to know that sort of thing 
uh, which, dude, I'm very excited for. And I mean, Tony and I, you know, we do a ton of education on here. We do a ton of education on our own personal discords. So to see it centralized is going to be very cool if we can if we can pull it off. And the goal is um, 2023 to put this out. So we have a kind of a full month here to get our bearings under us and get everything kind of calculated and, you know, get a website built, get our decisions made. And then 2023, this will uh, come to fruition. Yeah, the last thing, too, is, like, I don't... So I'm sure there's places, like, obviously YouTube is a platform where, you know, most people go for, um, if they're trying to learn something about the market, but I don't... I think there's very few centralized places that you know what you're going to get. It's, you know, we're using our experiences or, you know, the material we know to you know do those live seminars or do a recorded lesson or whatever the case may be um because at the end of the day like that's what i enjoy doing and i know that's what you enjoy doing as well and i think that you know there is opportunity to create something that there really isn't very much of um you know everybody has their these discords where it's just you know i'm adding this here or i'm buying this or I'm alerting this like I don't think I mean everybody knows or has been in one of those discords and it's not it's not really realistic and it's not really sustainable and you're not really learning so I don't know we have to figure kind of everything out but I know that's something that we've we've talked about so yeah I mean it's definitely uh going to be an opportunity for lots of people i think to um progress through through something that can be easy to to see their own growth uh and that's something i think you know is is important is for for traders to see themselves learning things as they move through the steps of because everything you know that is education based has steps there's a syllabus at the beginning of every uh, class you take and I think some of some of trading needs to be treated like that So I think this is a good opportunity for us to create something new and also um, I, I mean, I don't want to sound like an arrogant, you know piece of shit But I also trust my own skill set enough to where I feel like we'd be putting something out that is not superior I don't want to use that word, but um, you know a, a level that is worth it to other people and you know um you know, at the same level as most other traders that put things out like this. So people who have, you know, videos out there that are how to trade and, you know, um, education seminars, I feel like we can match that level and maybe surpass some of those levels. Um, and I think it's going to be, it's going to be something that people can take, something that people can learn from and something that people can, uh, you know, eventually maybe change their own lives with. Um, I mentioned, you know, on my Twitter a few times today that this announcement could be something that changes uh, the course of um, people's futures. And I think it's something that very well could, you know, you learn enough stuff in this market and you can uh, avoid having a job that you hate and you can avoid, you know, working as many hours as you work. Say you want to keep the job you have after you, you know, you graduate from whatever we're going to call this um, Traders University, Trader 
trade or whatever, trade or 101, whatever, um, you graduate from it and you don't want to work as much. You don't have to work, take that overtime. You can just supplement your job with the, the trading gains that you have, or you can go full time if you really want. Um, whatever it is, guys, we just want to help you guys out. And I want to give you guys, I want to give every single person who could possibly want to learn something new about trading an avenue to learn something new. Whether you're day one trader, I want to teach you why Weeble is better than Robinhood. I want to treat, teach you why you should have a trading view and be looking at charts on there every single night. I want to teach you why candlestick charts are better than line charts. And then I also want to teach the traders who are at step five why supply and demand is such a great tool. I want to teach you guys why consolidation um, can be looked at as you know something that is a technical um, you know, six out of 10 setup. I want to teach you guys why a head and shoulders is a head and shoulders or why this head and shoulders is not a valid head and shoulders. I want to teach all of you guys that I want to teach you guys how, you know, if you're looking to become a fundamental trader, I want to teach you guys why a PE ratio and a forward PE ratio are very, very different and what the differences are and why you should value them at a different level of, uh, you know, this is important or this is not as important. You want to have to have different levels of that. I want to teach you guys why PS is not as important as PE. I want to teach you guys why quick ratio and debt to equity ratio are very, very related. I want to teach you guys why how a CEO speaks in the public eye matters to investors uh, even if they're not looking at it. I want to teach you guys why employee count matters and all of this stuff. I want to teach all of you guys that stuff, whether you're level one and needing to know about Weeble, whether you're level 10 and needing to know about you know the deepest fucking depths of an options chain. I want to teach all of you guys that. And I know Tony shares that same exact passion. Um, and I think we have something special here that we could definitely push into that realm of teaching everyone um, multiple, multiple things. So I'm excited. 2023 is going to bring a lot of big stuff for us. We're going to work on this website for now. We have a month to do it. We have a month to uh, really get into it. So Tony, um, I'm excited, man. I think it's going to be a fun time. I think it's going to be a good, uh, a good tool for a lot of people. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited as well. I know we, this is stuff we've, I mean, the education stuff is stuff we've been doing for a long time. And I think, you know, if we can do it together, because we talked yesterday, there's there's stuff, you know, that I know nothing about Yeah. Um, in terms of financial stuff, know very little about. And there's maybe stuff that I know that you might not know a whole lot about. And then mm -hmm. there's obviously stuff we both know about. Um, Definitely, man. So I think I think, you know, us working together is is very beneficial. So, yeah, I agree. Um I mean, not to completely flip, flip the script here, but uh, I mean, how are you uh, feeling for the rest of the year? Last thing we can we can talk about here is is spy for the rest of the year. This holiday possible move. How are you uh, you feeling about that? You thinking that we're gonna see the Santa move, or you thinking we're gonna see the uh, the possible red rejection? I, th I man, I think this week's extremely important. Yeah. Like, I think, I really do think um, whatever happens to close out this week is going to tell us a lot about um, how we end the year. Um, so I, I, I th it really comes down to that, that weekly and daily area, that trend line, that weekly 50, um, 
confirming over those levels or are we going to reject like we have multiple times and you know push further down are we going to get that triple cross or not i think this the end of this week we'll kind of have an idea um so i think it's too soon to tell but i think we'll know more during next week's episode and we'll have a lot to talk about Oh yeah, dude, I'm excited. Next week we can almost make it a full ass like spy episode. Like we can just fucking yeah. be like, this is what happened. This is exciting. Um, I haven't felt this way since the downside of spy. The first downside when we tested 410. Um, if you guys are in my Discord, you know that I was like literally tweaking. I stayed on um, live stream for like an extra like I think it was like two hours just watching spy at that level. This is what it's gonna feel like the next few days because this is such an extreme level. Um, yeah. But, uh, again, I want to thank everyone for, uh, for hopping on here. Uh, I'm very excited for what thanks we have everybody. coming. Um, Tony, I mean, thanks for, thanks for an awesome podcast again. And uh, we're going to keep it up. We're just going to keep rolling them out in this same exact fashion. Yeah, thanks, everybody. And um, I hope everybody had a good holiday. So, um, you know, we'll look forward to, to talking next week. Yeah, sounds good, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week for a very exciting episode.